You are listening to Sober Gratitude's podcast, bonus series, A Dose of Hope in Sobriety and Recovery from Alcoholism or Addiction. My name is Sarah, and I am a sober alcoholic. I created this podcast as a means to be of service to you. I'm so grateful you decided to join me today, and I pray you receive this gift of hope that a comfortable, peaceful, and fulfilling life is possible after we put down the bottle for good. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Sober Gratitudes. It is the holiday season. It's a wonderful, but also very stressful time of the year. You know, we have expectations of people. People have expectations of us. We may be afraid that we're letting people down. We're having a hard time dealing with all this. Maybe we're alone. We don't have any family or friends. We're isolating. So we're drinking more. I always drank so much more during the holiday season. I mean, it was so long ago, but I definitely remember not remembering some Christmases. So wherever you are right now today, I feel you. Which makes me want to share a few tools that helped me when I decided that, you know, that I couldn't do it anymore, that I I really just had, I, I had to quit. I had to stop drinking because it was, it was, uh, it was becoming problematic in many ways. And so this, this list, this, um, short list of tools, suggestions, if you will, are good for now during the holidays, but also for any time of the year. These are things that shorted, help me get started. And if you're ready to get started, this list may be just what you need to hear. So the first thing I would suggest is to pick a recovery group, find a fellowship, a community of people who are also wanting to get sober and commit to this group and attend meetings daily, whether they are on Zoom or in person. Just try to get to a meeting every single day. There are so many out there, trust me, so, so many programs, but also so many meetings within these programs. I know that you can find them in person, in your community, or the next town over, or online. There's so many like Instagram and Facebook and just so many resources 
So you have a lot to choose from. Or you can just do what I did. Google, I Googled local recovery meetings. And the first thing that popped up is what I did. And I'm really grateful I did that. So that's number one. So number two, once you've committed to this program, take action and do the work that's suggested of you that will help to relieve your obsession to drink. For me, the program that worked for me was the 12 steps through the big book. And this book is essentially a design for living a life freed from the obsession to drink and the obsession with self. And I was told that I can't read the book by myself and attend meetings. I had to have somebody who guided me through these steps. And this person should ideally have done the steps before with another person and also had a profound change of personality as a result of doing the steps or what some people say, a psychic change. This happened for me and it has improved my life in ways I never imagined possible. Three, help others. This action is one of the many that I learned when taking the 12 steps. When I help others, it gets, it gets me out of my own head and focused on other people who need support. And you can start as soon as day one or day two. At day three, for me, I remember consoling a woman who joined a meeting for the very first time. So it was her first day. I could tell her that I understood how she felt because I recently got through day one. What? You got through day one? You're on day three? Oh my gosh. I remember that. I shared with her how I did that. And to see the relief in her eyes just filled my heart with joy and excitement. I witnessed her feeling hopeful. It, it was just so easy. Being a part of a fellowship offers so many opportunities to be of service to others and feel amazing afterwards. My self-esteem was pretty damaged starting out in sobriety. And I remember it was in those early days when I started helping people when that's when I started to feel my self-esteem improve. I felt important again. I felt my presence at meetings was valuable. I felt I had purpose. Taking this action of helping others began the journey of feeling like my life had meaning. And I began to develop a new healthy self-esteem, not an inflated ego, but a healthy self-esteem. Number four, focus on today, 
not tomorrow, not this weekend or next month, year or decade. So basically don't future trip or live in the past. This makes sobriety so much easier because you're only living for one day, this one day, this very day, today. When I live in today, it keeps me from projecting into the future or living in the past. Do you ever re- I be- do you ever replay events that happened in the past and you wish you could change them? Well, here's the news. You can't change your past. <laughs> Surprise. I used to do that all the time. Oh, and it would keep me up at night. It was the worst. Ugh. And it's a waste of time because you you just can't change the past. I can only change what I do today. This moment right now. And when I future trip, I might as well just write a novel because future tripping involves making up stories about days after today that has not occurred yet. So, so just go write a novel. If you're going to just, if you're going to future trip and make up stories. And I, I don't mean to sound like an ass when I say it, but it's, it's true. Like if you really think about it, when you're future tripping, making up stories, they're just stories. We aren't, well, I'm not a psychic. So Anyway, it's a waste of time. I could be do I could be doing other things, like staying in the day and doing what I need to do today to get better and feel better and help other people and make good choices, and the list goes on. But I'm going to give you an example. This is this is funny. I can laugh at this now, but I can remember within the first week of going to meetings and meeting people. And I was connecting with some women and this one woman I, I approached and I was just, I was in tears and I, and I had, uh, I shared with her, I said, Oh my God, it's going to really suck to not toast with a glass of champagne at my son's wedding. So my new friend asked, Oh, well, when is, when's your son getting married? That's so exciting. And I said, I don't know. He's just seven. And she laughed and said, (laughs) okay. And I was offended. I was like, excuse me? But she explained. She said, Sarah, when you're living in the future, how are you going to be able to stay sober today? How will you be able to focus on getting better today? Your son is seven. He's not going to get married anytime soon. So I I laugh at that story now, but back then I took it very seriously. That's what we think about when we think about like stopping forever, right? So in order to, to handle getting sober is just focusing on today. 
and the next day will take care of itself. And so for the record, ever since I got sober, I've attended countless functions that offer alcohol and, and where it's like a celebration, it's everyone's toasting and, you know, it's joyous and blah, blah, blah. Or it's, you know, at a, you know, post-funeral luncheon where we're toasting to the person who passed away. And, you know, I got through those functions without drinking and I was still able to toast. I just toasted with seltzer. So, so basically functions, it's like, I used to glamorize alcohol and believe that functions held no meaning, no meaning in life. If I couldn't raise a glass of alcohol in celebration or remembrance, I realize now that the best feeling is finding meaning in the connections with other people. As a matter of fact, gatherings mean so much more to me today because I get to remember everything. I get to stay out of drama. I get to not create drama. I get to be my best self. And when I do this, I end up not having any regrets. And over time, as I live life sober, I don't have any regrets anymore. Hmm. Isn't that something? Okay, number five. Think through the drink. Okay, that might sound strange. It did for me when I first heard about that. But it is a very simple tool that saved me countless times from picking up. So let me explain. Whenever I started to think about a drink or really have like serious emotions like anger, sadness, or like excitement, because, you know, something exciting was going to happen where there's going to be alcohol involved. And I was like, I I need to drink. I want to drink. How can I do this without drinking? I would, instead of drinking, I would pause and I would call somebody who I trusted or go meet up with somebody who I trusted who was sober. Somebody I could be accountable to when my will was so strong And I didn't feel I could be accountable to myself. So I'd call this person and she'd say, Sarah, tell me the story about what will happen if you pick up and take that first sip of alcohol. So this is when we can tell a story, right? Like for me, this story was the same. I would take one sip of alcohol, maybe with the best intention saying, okay, I'm just going to have one drink. But I always... Always one sip always ended up being multiple bottles of wine, blacking out, browning out, passing out, waking up full of regret. I only thinking, wait a minute, I just wanted to have that one drink. So if I paused and thought through the drink, 
as was suggested to me. I would tell the story and then I would remember feeling the, feel, the, the feeling I knew I would have if I actually did pick up. Does that make sense? So then after I told that story, and, and I, I had to say that story a lot to the, the people that I connected with in, in my program, and keep remembering what would happen if I picked up, like Groundhog's Day. It's like the same thing over and over and over again. So by saying, by thinking through the drink, every time I felt the urge to drink, it over time was so helpful because then I didn't even have to, I didn't even have to tell the story anymore. I could just be in the moment of, you know, if I'm feeling like, oh, I feel like I want to pick up in my mind, I could even just go through that story and think about like, wait a minute, I've had one week now or one month or six months now where every, I've had so many wonderful mornings that were filled with joy because I had no hangover and no regrets because I didn't do something stupid or say something mean the night before. And finally, six, every day, be willing to do whatever it takes to stay sober one day at a time. This may be hard at first because it involves making a change in your life. But it's just one change, removing alcohol. And it also involves taking a hard look at yourself, which may be hard at times. But every time you go through an examination of yourself underneath the layers, free of the toxins of alcohol, working with other people who are guiding you and holding you when you're upset as you recount and retell things that happen that you regret and that you want to make amends about. It's such an incredible feeling and I guarantee it will be worth it. I believe in you and I believe that you are listening to this today because deep down you do want to make a change. If today gave you hope and added value to your life, please be sure to subscribe to my podcast on whatever platform you listen to it on so that you will know when I put out another episode, another dose of hope. In the meantime, take good care of yourself, trust your gut, and know that it's never too late to change so that you can live your best life.